0: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, a mother of two living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I'll be speaking with Rachel Bailey. Rachel has completed a master's degree in clinical psychology and has worked as an academic coach as well as an intensive in-home therapist. She assists parents in creating a strong parental foundation where parents can develop the confidence and their own abilities to raise children without allowing outside voices of culture to shape those views. You guys, I really enjoyed talking to Rachel and I told her after the interview that we would work as a really great team because I feel as though she has really nailed down the emotional slash mental side of minimalism, whereas... I still struggle in a lot of those areas. I can clean your house. I can cut things out. I can pare down my schedule. But when it comes to the more emotional, mental element of minimalism, I'd say that's where I struggle. So I really appreciated some of the wisdom that she shared with us on this episode. My hope is to bring you more moms that are living this out in their day-to-day that have been changed because of minimalism or taking a more minimalist approach to life. I have friends that have completely shifted their life paths really with a shift into minimalism and I think it's just so valuable to see what emotional or mental components can kind of kick us into those years where we start pursuing a more minimalist approach in every area. So that said, I hope you enjoy this interview with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Well, I gave listeners a brief overview of who you are, but if you'd like to give them a little bit more information, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your work?
1: Sure. So I am Rachel Bailey, and most importantly, I'm a mom. I have two daughters who are six and just about to turn nine. Um, But probably the most interesting thing about me is that even though I work with parents for a living, I wasn't really born to be a mom. Like my temperament is not one that's really matching the momming world because I'm not really that patient and I'm not really that fun. I'm not this Mary Poppins type of person. So um, I actually didn't even start. I started in the field of psychology, but didn't start working with parents. I sort of fell into that. And I realized that there was this need that we all have as parents for these practical tools to raise kids who are responsible and resilient but i specifically work with moms who not only need these tools but also feel really overwhelmed by life so that's why i love what you do because you talk about how can we simplify our lives a little bit and i find that that's a really big part of parenting as well
0: oh yes i i have really learned that in the past 4 years that simple is better and we really do approach parenting with just all these expectations or pressures yeah. from maybe outsiders or just what we've grown up with, and I think when we really do pare it down to the basics, it honestly benefits our kids a lot more.
1: Unbelievably so. And you know, I teach parenting tools for a living. Like I am a tra- traditional parenting, you know, coach or whatever specialist, but I also focus as much on the moms and how to really reduce the mental clutter in their minds. And they say that that helps even more than the tools that I've given them. So I do both. But really, the impact comes when we simplify everything that's going on in our heads and on our calendars.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So I feel as moms, we are bombarded with various things that we can put on our schedule, whether it's sports, different enrichment classes. There are so many opportunities to fill our calendars and overwhelm our schedules. So how do you think that a mother can feel confident in their ability to say, to say no to some of these opportunities, even when it sounds like it could be something great for their children or their schedule.
1: Yeah, and I think we do have to keep in mind that there are, especially these days, there's so much out there. There are a lot of great opportunities. And unfortunately, a lot of us learn the hard way when we say yes to all of those opportunities, we're also saying no to something else. So I feel like when we make decisions, we have to sort of filter our decisions through something. So we know in that moment, is this a decision that's right for me? Or is this one I really should say no to? And even if I say no, I'm aware that the things I'm doing make me happy. So even if I say no to this one, it's okay because all the other things I'm doing are really aligned with what matters to me and what my values are. So one of the first things I do with parents when I start working with them is help them figure out, I have really specific questions that I ask to help them figure out What does matter to you? And what are those opportunities you want to say yes to because they really help you feel like you're living a life that feels good? Mm -hmm. So when we sort of know what our values are, it can be a filter through which we make decisions about where our time goes.
0: So what do you feel like gives us assurance that we've made the right decision when we say no?
1: I think, to be very honest, I don't think we ever get that assurance. And I think if we want sort of this confidence that we're doing everything right parenting is like the worst place to get that from Mm -hmm. probably but I do find that when when we are really saying yes to things that matter then saying no to even other opportunities that matter it doesn't it doesn't feel as bad because we know that what's left is what we want to do and what makes us feel good as people and as parents so even if we said no to another opportunity that's okay because we're left with things that still feel right to us And when we have a few things that feel right, that's just as good as many things, some of which don't feel that good. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think for me, I always want clarity. And as you said, we don't necessarily get that in this world. So I think that there are many what ifs and you just have to choose, as you said, what's best for you at the time being or the season that you're in.
1: Exactly. And I do a lot of work with parents too on handling that discomfort. That, yeah, sometimes you're going to make the wrong choice. Sometimes you're going to regret what you did. And all that's uncomfortable. But if we actually learn to handle discomfort, then those decisions aren't the end of the world.
0: Yeah. And I think that you can learn from that as well. So maybe something wasn't the best choice. But going forward, you'll know maybe not to make the same decision again. Exactly. Exactly. So as I was saying, there's lots of voices telling us how to parent or what we should do when we're parenting. How do you suggest we reduce the guilt or confusion that comes from so many voices telling us what to do?
1: Yeah, and that's so true. You know, doing any Google search on almost any topic, whether it's parenting or anything else, well, there's so much advice out there and it can be confusing and it can be overwhelming. And I find the less clear we are with what we believe, the more confusing it is. So I teach a concept, what I call um, tuning out the noise and tuning into yourself. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking outward at what the right quote unquote right thing to do is, look inward. And really, again, there are specific, really focused questions that I ask parents to help them figure out what is it that really matters to you? Because I always say when I'm giving parenting advice, which I give all day long, you know, I'm one of the quote unquote experts. I say, I don't want you to agree with me. I just want you to understand when you disagree with me, I want you to understand why. And that's almost more powerful Mm -hmm. that you get your own voice. You don't want to be. Rachel Bailey you want to be the parent that you are so when you really tune out the noise and tune into yourself it's so much easier to say hey that advice doesn't work for me and that wouldn't work for me and this would work for me and then it's really much easier to make those decisions. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like it is interesting in this day and age because we do have social media and I just feel like even 15-20 years ago I feel like people may have been a little bit more confident in their parenting because they weren't comparing constantly. So, I mean, there are pros and cons, but I sometimes just wish that it could all go away. (laughs) Definitely. But you know, what's true
1: though is that the more secure we are with ourselves, the more what other people are doing doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you have, if your neighbor gets a brand new car, and you have a brand new car too. And that's sort of materialistic, but it's a really you know, quick example. Mm-hmm. If you have a brand new car, you're just going to be happy for them. Mm-hmm. But if you are sitting driving an old clunker, you're actually going to be more jealous and you're going to focus more on how uncomfortable you are. But when we're in a good place, we're actually happy for others. We don't question ourselves as much and we don't get jealous as much when we're okay with where we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just gaining that confidence, which... Yeah. Partially, I feel like that somewhat comes with age, but I also feel like it comes with experience and maybe working with someone like you or just taking your identity from something other than the culture.
1: Exactly. That's a really good point. Yes. Getting your identity from from a a different place than what people tell you it should be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So as a minimalist podcast, I constantly say that children benefit more from less than abundance. In seasons of busy, what would you suggest as a strategy for parents to make their presence more valuable than presents as in gifts? Because I feel like some of us, if we're stepping away or we're working a lot or just not present in the moment, we just want to bombard our children with things. And really, that's not what they need from us. That's
1: so true. And I think in our defense, it is really hard because there is lots out there to buy. And it does give sort of a temporary high. Our kids are happy with stuff very temporarily. So we see that happiness, and it becomes like we're an instant gratification society. So we see that high, and it's like, oh, I'm going to keep buying them things. But ultimately, you're so right that they want us more than they want stuff. So I actually have a really simple way of teaching parents to, to provide their presence instead of presence, and that's something I call making deposits. Hmm. And when I describe deposits, a lot of people think of things like making, you know, re- giving kids rewards or praising them, and that's not at all what I mean. Because when I say say deposits, I mean deposits into things kids need. For example, they need attention. They need someone to respect them. They need to feel confident and capable. And I actually have a list of ways we can give kids all of these needs. And the, the deposits don't take very long that I teach parents. They take usually a minute or less. But there are little things we can do. Just for example, if, you know, Your child, you you realize your child wants attention, but you're busy, you're multitasking, you're doing a lot of things. Just once a day, I challenge some parents for 10 seconds a day. When you're doing something, look up from what you're doing when they're talking and maybe even ask them an extra question. Mm. So let's say you're making dinner and your child is sitting there and they're drawing a picture and um, they say, Hey, mom, look at this picture. Just look up from what you're doing, chopping vegetables or whatever, and say, Hey, what made you decide to use the color purple? And just ask a question, it takes about 10 seconds, but that's an example of a deposit that really shows kids we care. And these little things give us such a high and it builds our kids' self-esteem tremendously, way more than anything we could buy them.
0: Mm -hmm. So these
1: deposits are really my solution for helping parents be present even without so much time.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm very much for the quality over quantity mentality. And I was wondering if you feel as though this kind of bleeds into, our, our, into the area of parenting, or if you think that that's kind of a cop-out. Like, well, if I'm giving them quality time, I don't need the quantity time.
1: Not only is it not a cop-out, but there's actually research to support that. And okay. it's not how much time we spend with our kids. If, what type of time we spend with them. Because if we're with them all day long and we're not really paying attention to them and we're on our phones because we're you're know, zoning out and we're really not with them, that actually is not very good for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a parent isn't home as much and they're spending some really focused time with them, that actually is, is better for a child in the long run. They really feel like they matter and they're more important. So I really recommend to parents to try to pick a predictable time each week where they can spend, even if it's only like 15 minutes, but that predictable time with that child. And I I even encourage them to name that time by their child's name when all they do is spend that time with that child. And I actually have my kids, because I still do it with my kids, I have them take my phone and put it somewhere else so that I can't even get to it. It's like a symbolic gesture where I'm just saying in the in this time frame I'm really paying attention to you mm-hmm. and that is truly what kids crave even even teenagers crave that believe it or not
0: absolutely i this is just a it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I love to read. And I'm often reading on the Kindle app on my phone. And I realized Charlotte can't differentiate when I'm reading on my phone or when I'm scrolling on my phone. So I actually want to get better about having a book in my hand yeah. just so she doesn't think that like, sometimes I think it's okay to read while they're in the room, but I don't want her to think I'm always on my phone. Yeah.
1: I actually think a lot of the time it's okay to read And again, if we have that time set aside with them the other time we don't need to be with them and we don't want to teach them that our lives revolve around them Mm -hmm. so we can have that time where we really do show them that they matter and then yeah the other times we really should be doing things for ourselves i think that's really healthy
0: absolutely especially when you are in more of a stay-at-home mom role when i don't just have them to think of i actually have to take care of our house and cook the meals and make sure it's not a cluster in here so yeah there are many yes, things on You to take care of
1: yourself too, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's why yes. I, I don't mind if they see me reading because that's something that I highly value and I want them to value as well, but I just want to get better about having an actual book in my hand. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we've discussed guilt or confusion that comes from the outside voices putting pressure on us to parent a certain way, but let's talk a bit about our calendars and our schedules. As parents, we do have control over our schedules and what goes on and what can come off. So how can we be more deliberate in our scheduling so that we have a calendar that's more balanced and supports everyone involved? Yeah,
1: so um, one of the big things that I do work on with parents is time management and how we can clear that
0: clutter so that we can do
1: all the things that you just mentioned, you know, taking care of our homes and our families and ourselves. And a big part of it, one of the first things I do with parents is I have them list every single thing that's on their calendar. Mm-hmm. And then I help them understand that a lot of where our time goes is something I was referring to a little bit before. We spend so much time avoiding discomfort, and a lot of the tasks we do are because we're uncomfortable with what might happen if we say no or if we don't set a boundary. For example, um, you know, a parent may say to a child, sure, I'll read you two or three more bedtime stories because they don't want the huge tantrum that comes if, if they set that boundary with the child. So they do two or three more bedtime stories and then they realize that they don't have time to do the dishes after dinner and they don't have time to do this and do that because we don't like to set boundaries because it's uncomfortable. So I help parents, like I said before, deal with the discomfort of taking things off of their calendar that really are just things that aren't necessarily moving them where they want to be, but are just preventing bad things from happening. So we can create a calendar where most of the thing and not all of the things on our calendar, but most of the things in our calendar are things that we act that actually energize us versus depleting us. Mm-hmm. And when we have this type of calendar, we really do have the time to fit it all in. We just need to get rid of some of the things and realize our motivation in keeping them on
0: our calendar. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most, it's not necessarily on my calendar, but every day I have that nap time break. And I want to use that time in a way that's a little bit of self-care for me. Well, a lot of it is self-care for me, but also be productive during that time. And Mm -hmm. I've heard people like it, the nap is an hour, then you break it up into 20 minute segments. I've heard that that can be helpful, but I think I need to look at my day in different segments, maybe it's morning, noon, or night, or do you have any, I know this question is off the cuff, but do you have any suggestions <laughs> with that?
1: Yeah. One of the biggest suggestions I have is um, for, if we don't want to feel overwhelmed, to actually create a little bit of white space on the calendar. So if you have an hour there, I think you're wise in breaking it up a little bit. You don't want to cram everything into that hour. Mm -hmm. If you schedule your hour the entire time and then, you know, nap ends um, before the hour is up, you're going to be resentful. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest time management pieces I have is don't schedule the entire time. And again, we have a lot of stuff and it's like, well, how do I fit everything in then? And that's where we have to see how can we get rid of some stuff? This is absolutely minimalism on a calendar. How can we get rid of some of that clutter so that we are not overscheduled because it's the overscheduling that creates the overwhelm. Because then if something unexpected happens, we're like, oh, we can't handle it. Like we've been balancing 20 plates in the air. Someone gives us a 21st and we just drop everything.
0: Mm -hmm. I think I'll just sometimes feel guilty because I want to use that hour completely for myself. And then when the kids are awake, I'm trying to pick up the house or do the dishes. And then that's when I feel like I'm ignoring them. So going back to what you said about deposits, I can really relate to that or having that time, those little mommy, daughter, mommy, son dates throughout the week to where maybe I won't feel as guilty for those times that I actually have to get those household chores done and accomplished.
1: Absolutely. And I have a little hack for you. I, I use this one mm-hmm. because I do have set time for each of my kids. So if one of my kids comes up to me and says, Hey mom, can we look at this together? And maybe that's not a time I can look at something. I'll actually say to them, yes, I really want to look at it. Why don't you save it for our time together on Saturday? Oh. So I don't feel bad. And she knows, here's the thing, when this time is predictable, they actually know that I mean what I say. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times kids come up to us over and over and over because we say, oh, I'll do it later. And then we never do it. Mm -hmm. But if it's scheduled on our calendar and they know it's coming, they're actually okay with you saying, no, I can't do it now, but I'll do it later. And then you don't have to feel guilty and they don't feel bad.
0: Yeah, because we built that trust with them. That's great. Well, Rachel, I've so enjoyed our time talking, and I think that there are so many valuable things that listeners will be able to take away in regards to deposits and being more intentional about their schedules. So if people want to reach out and get a hold of you, where can they find you?
1: So I have my, my basic website is rachel-bailey.com. I'm also on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, pretty much anywhere at Rachel Bailey Parenting. And then I also have an online parenting academy at rachelbaileyparentingacademy.com. And there is where I give the parenting solutions um, and also solutions for parents to decrease their overwhelm. But I will say I created a free um, download for just for your podcast that actually talks about these deposits that I mentioned a little bit earlier. So if you go to, if your listeners go to rachelbaileyparentingacademy.com slash deposits, you can actually get a list of what those deposits mean and what they are to gives examples of like hundreds of deposits.
0: Well, thank you for doing that. And I know that our listeners will really appreciate going through that list. I'm actually going to sit down today and look at my schedule to where I can be more intentional with my kids, especially now that I have a third on the way, I'm going to have to get a lot better about scheduling out that time. So I so appreciate you being here today.
1: Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it.
0: All right, guys, what is one way you are going to be more deliberate in your parenting this week? I appreciate the idea of deposits, taking the time to sprinkle in those quality moments with our children each day. I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalistmomspodcast.com. There, you'll find links to the Facebook, Instagram, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.